Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Suf from Preston, and you're listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything. My question is, would you rather have knowledge of every single thing that has happened in the past or have knowledge of everything that is going to happen in the future. Okay, here comes the show. And remember, question everything. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, a podcast for myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor, Dane Baptiste. My producer friend, Howard Cohen, a.k.a. The Hizza. Hello! And a mix of very special guests pose the questions that need to be asked. And we are talking everything from... We are talking everything from Suff, from Preston's question, uh, would you rather have knowledge of everything in the past or everything in the future? Not too tricky to work that. <laughs> Dane, I, I go for the future so I can, you know, back to the future to the shit out of everything. And like I have a general sports almanac for future events, you know, that would be my tactic, mate. I think it's a, it's a good idea. Um... I guess it depends what your goals are in life, really. Because then if you know everything that's going to happen, it kind of removes a large part of your existential uh, endeavour to kind of... I suppose I could go insane. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Because you'd never be excited by anything if your wife was like, guess what, I've got a plan. And you're like, what? (laughs) Is it going to be coral-coloured lingerie in a hotel in the Corinthian in central London? She can be like, well, fuck you then. I'm tired. (laughs) So... Yeah, I, I think if you go with the future, I will go with the past, Howard and right, Suff, okay. because I feel like if I can be aware of everything in the past and rationalise it, resolve it and get closure, which a lot of people always seek anyway, then I'll be in a better position to look towards my future. I feel like cause yeah. patterns and cycles tend to repeat themselves. If I'm kind of able to work out why that happened when that happened. And also I'd save thousands and thousands mm. of pounds in therapy money. And also win most pub quizzes. Loads of pub uh, quizzes, so. yeah. And also, when you think about it, Howard, yes, the future does have a lot of promise. But when you think about it, like, I always use the analogy, like, as big as TV screens are getting now, and as clear as the resolution is, people pay 10 times as much for pictures that don't move. So the yeah. past can be even more valuable than the future. Yeah, very, very good. Well, it's a very, very good question. And uh, suffice to say, on this podcast, we ask and answer all the questions, don't we, Dave? Absolutely. No question is too old in the past or too far old in the future, too highbrow, too lowbrow. And if you do like the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify and you'll never miss an episode. Or you can subscribe to us on Acast, the world's biggest podcast network, where you can hear all of us with very special questions being asked and answered by our very special guests. With that being said, on today's show is a chef, writer, TV personality and influencer. She first appeared on our screens as a contestant on Channel 4's hugely popular series The Great British Bake Off and made it to the final. She has since gone on to appear on ITV's This Morning and regularly appears on Channel 4's Despat Lunch with me and has written columns for GQ Online as well as being a regular contributor to the online channel Taste Made. Please welcome to the show, Chef Ruby Bogart. Thank you. Am I saying that right? Welcome. You, you nailed it. Um, and also nailed that like bio. Like that makes me sound 
I'm doing all right at life. You're successful. Yes, you're, su- you're very successful, I'm, Ruby. Yes. I'm doing, I'm doing okay. Like, if, you, if I had that, I'd say about five years ago, I'd be like, you're having a laugh, Dane. But um, yeah, thanks see. for up. <laughs> see, see, Howard, just by being able to resolve and celebrate Ruby's past, we've laid a great foundation for her immediate future on this podcast. I feel we should do, you know, these intros for people who are just feeling a bit down, you know, at times, you know, some people might just, and we'll just write a really nice biog, even if they're not necessarily celebrities, it could just be like, you know, please welcome to, you know, life, this person who fixed his mum's TV the other day, um, you know, made a really nice dinner for his wife. It's Dan. Exactly. You're absolutely right, Howard. See, the thing about question everything is that what we want people to do is be able to Mm. have their achievements and their humanity chronicled somewhere other than a headstone. That's what we're going for. So important (laughs) for people to be able to smell the flowers that we present them with while they're still here, Um, which is a long, long way for you, Ruby. So (laughs) let me hope. We'd also like to pose the same question to you. Would you rather have all knowledge of your past or would you like to have all knowledge of your future? You know what? I actually agree with you, Dane. I would go for the past because I feel like I'm someone who's very goal orientated. I'm I'm someone who likes to, you know, even from like the kind of smaller goals in terms of what I'm going to achieve for the day to the week. I kind of feel like if I already know something's going to be achieved in the future, I'm going to be sitting pretty and be like, I don't need to do, I just need to do nothing. I'm just going to be sitting here. <laughs> Could make you complacent, couldn't it? Yeah. I'm going to be so, I'd be so complacent. I, I'm someone who definitely wants to work towards something. And you're the set. It's like, you know, if you know something's going to happen, I'd be just sitting there anticipating it. I'd be like, great. Okay. So um, something devastating could happen. Like, you know, James could be like, actually, Rubes, you're dumped. And I'd just be sitting there waiting for the day to happen. Like, it's going to happen. T minus 26 days, T minus 25 days. I would hate it. That's an um, interesting point. But then as extensionally, Howard, do you think that also raises the question, in fact, just <laughs> 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 say, yeah, good point, Rubies. Yeah, exactly. Because life is for the living, right? And if you yeah. kind of know, if you already know what the script is before, then it's really hard for you to kind of react to stuff. Although that's being said, Howard does raise a good point as well, because I guess it seems like it'd be more comforting if you know what's coming down the un, you know, uncharted path, I guess. I think, but then it takes out that whole, like, you know, mindfulness, right? Which is so important, being present. Because you wouldn't be present, you'd be, you'd be too busy living in the future. It's, it, I don't think there's like a win-win because you're either living in the past or you're living in the future. It's just about trying to make sure that you stay in your lane right now. Um, but it's a great question. I it's a great question, and really I think I've ruined one. my life by picking the the option of the future. Today okay. is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Yeah, you know that song. Is the past is a mystery. The future, no, the past is a history. The future is a mystery. Today is a gift. That's why it's called the present. Lovely. Fantastic. Well, it's probably time for a question, isn't it, Dane, before we get more singing from you, which is often a highlight of this show. It's rare, but it happens now and again. Well, Dane Harmonizes Everything is a podcast coming <laughs> never. But, uh, <laughs> and you know Ruby, what? Yeah. Talking about your podcast, like I mentioned to you guys previously just before that, I listened to, um, I was scrolling through to be like, actually, which one do I really want to listen to? Because there's so many, mm. I didn't realize just how many episodes you guys have done. Like yep. with some fantastic people. And I love just the top looking at the top lines being like, what are people's questions? And the one that I went to straight away, obviously being in the food sort of realm, <laughs> I went straight to Nigel's one about cooking rice. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, yeah. I loved it, but I've got serious issues with you guys. So I was like, <laughs> before, into about minute 30, I loved it. Cause it went from being like talking about rice to like racial prejudice and, and racial education. I thought it was fascinating. Hmm. My main issue is I was like, these guys spoke about rice and no one has spoken about washing the rice first. Yeah. You guys are using dirty rice in all your food. I had a, I had a big issue with that. It was a fantastic episode. So <laughs> I've been watching the starch of rice and stuff. Although, you yeah, know, they, they say don't. they don't, but some people say it's because if you wash it off too much, you wash out the vitamin B. I'm of your school, Ruby. I wash rice and poultry. You have to wash your chicken, guys. Right. Don't be, can't go straight from the packet into the, into the pan. Hear that audience? That's from a chef. You got to wash it. Yeah, I know a lot, of, a lot of chefs would hate me for saying that, but I, I'm, old, you know, I come from. Ah, uh, fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Just, don't worry about it. <laughs> well put, Howard. Fuck fuck him. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Gordon, Jamie, sh- Swivel. Yeah, uh, <laughs> anyway, not naming anyone, but anyway. Yeah, yeah just Dane. It's uh, it's actually <laughs> time for a, a question before we offend any any future guests. Yeah, before Howard gets us in trouble with all the culinary podcasts. As our very esteemed guest, Ruby, we invite you to ask the first question, which we'd like to discuss for about fifteen minutes and change. And then Howard here would like to pose you a question, uh, so we can do the same. And then in a weird twist of fate, your final course will be myself also asking you a question which we'll discuss for 15 minutes and then we'd like for all of our listeners to find out more about your good works be they culinary or just humanitarian in general how does that sound that sounds fantastic and the floor is yours to ask the first question please what is the one meal you'd eat for the rest of your life every single day oh i like that what three, no we haven't three times asked that. a day i'm talking about three times a day three six five three six six or yeah. the rest of your life and, and there's a good film called uh, Old Boy. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen this. It's a quite a scary, horrible Korean uh, film uh, that's about a guy who gets imprisoned uh, for he doesn't know why. And they serve him the same dumplings oh, same <laughs> every day for, 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 I think it's 12 years. And then when he comes out to try and find his captors, he, uh, I'm not ruining the film. Actually, I am. It's been out for 20 years. So you, it's, you, been you, out, yeah. it's been out so long that Spike Lee did the remake with Josh Brolin. So. And it was all right. They were a good remake. Anyway, he, go, he basically yeah. goes around the city trying the dumplings in all the different restaurants till he finds the one that tastes like the one he ate for 12 years. Um, and that's a good example of what I wouldn't eat. For, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, around the way for how they eat Korean food. <laughs> <laughs> could you cope with the same thing every day? Oh. Oh my, you know what it is for me? I, I'd go either one or two ways, right? Like, so I love, I do love exercising. I do love working out. When it was a pandemic, that went all to shit. I'll be honest. I spent like the first week being like, oh, I'm going to be healthy. Rude. I'm going to come out like the best shape of my life. And then like day eight, I was like, fuck this shit. I'm going to eat whatever I want. I don't care. <laughs> just give me the carbs. I'm like, you know, my kitchen is just like a carb haven. Like I just ate like two cinnamon swirls before I came on this call. Nice. Okay. Wow. So, nice. Nice. So I've gone from being really disciplined in my food to just eating whatever. I'm living the good life, people. So I, like, I've realized having that variety is actually really good. Um, having the same meal three times a day or just having a set meal plan is like good for like not having to think about it. You kind of forget what flavor is because it just like us. Oh, it's just you know broccoli, whatever. It's fine. It's good for me. Um, but then when you taste that good stuff, when you're just like, oh my god, this is cinnamon swirl. This is amazing. <laughs> I just think I would go insane if I ate the same meal three times a day 
for the rest mm. of my life. And I'm trying, I asked my parents this question as well on the weekend, just by chance. Um, <laughs> and they completely annihilated the purpose of the whole question. Because I'd say, oh, well, you'd eat that same dish every day for the rest of your life. And they're like, no, 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 I need to have some, like, you know, some other curry alongside it as well. Um, it's hard to commit. Like, what would yours be? It is hard. I mean, I just need to make sure I get down to the final points of the question. Does this meal, so this meal can exist on, like, so, for example, could this meal that I have every day, could it be, like, a steak with, like, accoutrements of, like, mash and, like, wilted spinach or cream spinach? and then, Or is it, like, one thing, like a bowl of porridge? This isn't a la carte menu. This is just like, this is a set menu. This is what you're getting. So, yeah, imagine you're in prison and they're just taking you one it. thing of food. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, is, and, is, is, and is it one course? One course, three times mm. a day. That's a tough one. Because I'm with you, Ruby. The whole thing about like when people do like meal prep and stuff, I'm like, it does look cool and regimented and you do seem very focused on fitness. But at the same time, I'm not sure, is it a practical... And is it a is it a dieting in that nature? I don't know how uh, viable that would have been at a time where we didn't have intensive farming. Because like mm. even in the old days where you had to like rear free range chickens and stuff like that, being able to have a breast every single day yeah. wouldn't have been that possible. Um, and even with a lot of fruits and stuff like that, and a lot of the contents of these meal prep do require a lot of technological input for that to happen. So it wouldn't be straightforward as that, but. Um, Let's pretend we're not killing the environment in this question. Okay, cool. It's just, yeah. it's just a There's no yeah. like, don't worry, like we're not, you know, the world's not going to end. Well, that's how I got in prison, Ruby. Now I have to eat the same <laughs> meal every day because I listen to other people. <laughs> but I'd say the food I would have would be brown stew chicken with elbow macaroni because it's my comfort food when I was a kid. But it's still nice now that I'm older. I feel like the chicken gives me protein and the mm. pasta gives me carbohydrates. And it's made with like, normally made with a few bits of vegetables and stuff as well. So I'm getting some of my five a day in there. I was about to say, yeah. And, that's, yeah. I mean, you know, this is what I love about food is because more often than not, when you say a dish, it's linked back to something that you've had when you were a child or yeah. it's, it's, it brings about some nostalgia or something that your mum could. And that's what I love about food because there's always a sense of meaning behind it. Um, Definitely. Unless you're someone who's a bit soulless and just eats just to live, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. Or, or they have to live so you could eat just to live but i think yeah you're absolutely right it just shows you that like obviously taste as a sense is able to uh be a catalyst for so many other memories and it can trigger so many things psychologically within the brain as well as uh just your uh taste buds but um yeah that is my the food my mum used to make all the time nice comfort food it's one of the first things i can but by the time you're 50 dane i was about to say you wouldn't give it you wouldn't care would you you think (laughs) you've gone insane you're gonna hate your mum's food dane you you (laughs) end up hating your mum's food you think so but maybe the food is also representative of me having a link to something maybe that gives me focus because i feel like like you said the whole monotony of having the same meal every day would probably drive me up the wall but i think knowing that it's something that my mother made will probably give me a lot more focus because I'll be less inclined. Because the thing about home-cooked meals is that, like, when I began to enjoy the phenomenon of going to restaurants and having, like, gastro dining or going to have hot cuisine, as good as it was, like, doing that for a sustained amount of time is very fun, but what you'll end up with is gout in the end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a good time, but you'll probably end up with gout. But <laughs> I, um, I, I learned through that experience that the best meal is always home-cooked. And I say that because you're not limited to any particular portions and stuff. But most of all, it's normally made with love or someone caring about you. So me having that same meal 
is more representative of the fact that there is someone who has made an effort to take care of me every day. So that's mm, why wow. I would uh, oh, go with you that. Went deep. Okay. That's profound, mate. I, 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 I thought I, I was talking I, to a chef. Food you is know what? But Jane, I was like, this guy's just started a sentence. He doesn't know where it's going to end, but he's going with it. And it ended really well. Yeah. 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 You'll, nailed it. You'll, nailed you'll it. learn it on this podcast, Ruby. See, <laughs> like, like oration in this medium, it, it, there's a lot of ingredients that people don't understand. But when they combine, like, I'm sure the first time you said to somebody, I'm making chili and chocolate, and they was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then you somehow, put salt on chocolate. Right. Yeah. And, and then remember when people were like, salt and sugar, they shouldn't be together. And now everyone does salted caramel with everything. Yeah. Dane Baptiste is salted chocolate is a way of <laughs> yeah. um, I didn't mean any racial connotations but I've just realised as I said that Dane I was just using it as salted an salted chocolate that sounds like a good name for like a comedy show though yeah, yeah. Like a good it's one. like chocolate but I'm pissed off at stuff I'm still kind of salty about it so <laughs> I've got my meal I've got my meal I'm going to eat every day for the rest of my life and I'm going to be happy and I tell you why I'm going to be happy eating it in your in your food prison that you've created for me Ruby is uh, I only recently discovered it okay that's actually that's actually and do you ever have that thing when you discover something and it's obviously been around for a while Yonks, yeah and then you're like, oh my God, it's amazing. And that's um, the Thai dish, Nazi Garang. Now, I don't know if you guys know yeah, this. Yeah, it's great. Rice. It's, you've got rice with vegetables in it. You've got yeah. a fried egg. And you've got, um, it was uh, the version I had on my holiday in Thailand, had two kinds of meat with it. And they were beautiful. And there's a little salad on the side. And I feel like... I could probably live off that because yeah. there's a mixture of things. And every time I eat it, I can think back to being in Thailand instead of in my food prison that you've created for me. <laughs> uh, when I was eating on the beach, uh, my son was there kind of trying not to ruin everything. Uh, and um, I'd be quite happy like that, I reckon. Oh, that sounds good. That doesn't That's, make that's a good choice. How would you only find out about Nazi Goreng last year? So uh, I don't quite know why I'd never had it, but my wife said to me, oh, this will be good. And then she didn't like it because it was too spicy. So I ate it and I've never turned back. In fact, on our last night, I said to her, oh, we should go back to that place so I can have Nancy Karang one more time. Yeah. I'm that much of a loser. No, it's one of the, it's one like, you know, Alongside like pad thai and stuff in the eastern part of the world, it's that's like so one, of, good. one of the top dishes. Yeah, it is good. Yeah, it's so good. I went to Bali and I just basically ate that for my entire time that I was there. But you've, I think you've nailed it there though, because you need to have one of those dishes where you can probably pick at certain points during the day. So, mm. like my, for me, if I'm thinking about it, I mean, I hate myself for even asking this question as well because I'm so indecisive, but. Mine would definitely be home cooking, like something that my mum mm. made, because Dane, I think it's quite important to have that kind of sentimental link, even if by the end of it, you're just like, I fucking hate this dish. Mm. Um, so it's definitely like a, a meal that my mum's cooked, probably like a chicken biryani, which actually I'm making um, this evening. Save me it's, some, please. It's so I good. I didn't think I would sing again, but my heart sang when I heard chicken biryani. Yeah. Save me some. Were you not on the show when I made it with my mum? I brought my mum on the show. And she, no, they she made me go upstairs and I couldn't have any. <laughs> it was, honestly, mm. it's so good because it's one of those dishes where I eat chicken biryani, but also there's like a yogurt on the side, like a spiced yogurt. So nice. you could have that maybe to start your morning. Spiced yogurt sounds a bit weird where to start your morning, but, you know, it's breakfasty. Um, then I've got rice. You can eat the rice and then you've got the chicken and then you've got some vegetables in there. I think it's hitting all the spots and making sure that I wouldn't be um, 
Malnourished in your food prison. I'll be nourished in my food prison. And actually probably mm. be pretty happy. Um, and hopefully not too round by the end of it as well, because even though I'm Indian, I'm not a massive rice fan. Right. <gasps> Shock horror. I know. It's just like, I'd rather just go for naan. I'd rather go for like... That's actually fine. I think that makes sense. Yeah, Peshwari naan over rice any day. But if I have room for both... also traditional Indian cuisine is you eat with your hands anyway. So rice is always very hard to kind of scoop anyway. So naan does make sense. Yeah. So I think I think for me, it's about having a bit of a sentimental link if I am eating it over and over again. But also something that's just going to be damn tasty. Like, yeah. you know mm. what I mean? Like something I'm like, yeah, actually, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, although probably after, if I gave it a go and did it tomorrow and had it three times in one day, I think I'd be pretty sick and tired of it. Um, yeah. So I hate myself for this food prison already. I'll be honest. Well, after about six years, I think you'd probably have gone insane. But, but you know, you this, know. this film that you're talking about, so did, why, why, oh he went he went to go and find the same meatballs he'd been eating because he liked it? No, because he was that's how he was going to track down the people who'd captured him, because that's oh, basically the... I see. Why don't you watch um, Old Boy Ruby and then tell us what you think? <laughs> it's not a, but if, not you, a fun but if, you're, film. if you're gonna watch it, watch it with your partner. You're gonna need someone to bounce <laughs> off when it's done. Because this is because trust me. Oh man, as this is as, not a fun when yeah. you finish it, you're probably gonna be like, I feel like eating for a little bit. I'm, I'm yeah. all good. Because you know what? I would left out the octopus part. There's more. There's whole loads of holes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really not a nice yeah, film. This film, this film is like, yeah. I, it has been remade, hasn't it? Because I think I remember yeah. seeing, hearing about it. But that's why I was confused when you said it was a Korean one. Because I was like, I'm pretty sure I've seen this like not too long ago. In fact, I think Old Boy was one of the uh, films that kind of really began the renaissance with um, Korean cinema. So mm. like way before Squid Games or Squid Games, then... I don't think I kind of like that. Game, it depends, right? depends what kind of film you're into, I guess. Do you like? Well, I didn't like. Um, I didn't like Parasite. <gasps> really? Yeah. You know what? I watched it and I was like, I, I thought, oh, you know, I've got high hopes. This is obviously, you know, won an Oscar. It's going to be great. I watched it and I was just like, I just wasn't into it. It was like, oh, that's a shame. I loved it. You do realize they made that house just for the film. <laughs> you know, this is what annoys me because, like, that house was amazing. Yeah. And then it's gone. No, I'm sure they sell it. Someone no, will buy it. It was like a set then. I thought you meant it was like no, a it's, set. No, no, not a set. Not, well, it's not, obviously, not a build a set. It's like a house, so architecturally designed, like an actual fully. Oh, so, so yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So that, that's, yeah. that's what I mean. It's, just not, it's not just the film itself and the theme, just the entire aesthetic as well. But I can't force you to like something you don't like. I can't force this. No, you've got to be your yeah, own, own person. person. I can't yeah, force fine. this kimchi biryani down your throat. You have to make <laughs> your own decisions. That sounds um, like a fantastic fusion, can I just say? <laughs> kimchi biryani for the vegans yeah. out there. Yeah, all right. Oh, my God. It sounds fantastic. You can have that Ruby well, you can have that well while, uh, while Dane and Ruby collaborate on a new recipe uh, thank you for that question it's a, a great question listeners get in contact what's your ideal food prison one meal for the rest of your life gig it's a it's a it's a tough one Dane isn't it, it but is we've and, if it's, well. and if it's good listeners then send me some let, uh, yes let me have a taste I, I really food. want people sending you food through the post day what you can food. do like order like order like a delivery and then i'll give you like a p.o box number and then i'll come into the studio and i'll eat that and then i'll this is not official 
Dane Baptiste questions everything business listeners. If you want to get in contact with Dane personally, <laughs> I don't want to be. I'm in food prison. I'm desperate, Howard. <laughs> I really, I'd love, I, I love the idea of like what, what food prison would be like because obviously you have to have the same meal every day. And I bet there's like you have to like look at stuff like inmates like not washing their chicken in like the cell opposite you. Oh god, don't. but this is it. I'm like, would you rather be in your own food prison or an actual prison just eating that same slot? Like, well, food prison for me was school dinners at primary school. That was my food prison. I love school dinners. You didn't go to my school, Ruby. (laughs) 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 You didn't go go to my school. They served it in the the aluminium war tins. And um, Um, yeah, it was tough. (laughs) uh, While Dane remembers the war, uh, (laughs) I'm going to move it on to my question today, uh, which is is food related too because of our lovely guest, Ruby. And, uh, you know, when I'm, you know, kind of writing our guest biogs, obviously I spend a bit of time um, absorbing their social media. And if you go and see uh, Ruby Bogle on Instagram, you will see a plethora of delightful food pictures, among other things. Uh, I saw a lovely uh, vegan lemon meringue tray bake. Oh, yeah. uh, That was very beautiful there and some cakes of very, very exciting nature and all sorts of good stuff. And it made me feel very hungry and then uh, realised basically that I wouldn't eat all of that food because because ultimately, uh, I find it quite difficult to enjoy unhealthy food without the guilt. So, Ruby, yeah. how can I enjoy, and Dane, how can I enjoy unhealthy food without the guilt? You, where does that guilt come from? Well, let's yeah. be honest. Because Ruby, uh, Ruby does not feel it. I was like, you know what? Yeah. I was like, you I ate eight. about a half hour ago. I think I need a bit of dessert now. So like, <laughs> yeah. They ain't come from me. And maybe so, an appetit or a palate cleanser to get you ready for the dessert. <laughs> well, uh, where does food guilt come from? Is it, it Obviously, I'm not the only person uh, to be suffering from it. Um, I enjoy my food. I've never been particularly uh, overweight. I've not always been underweight. Uh, and at the moment, I'm probably around about the right weight. So I try and eat healthily and exercise uh, to live uh, a long life, I guess, is the point of that, right? Um, but also to keep myself in some kind of a sphere. Because basically, I can't... After, with Dane will remember that we had Catherine Ryan on the podcast and I talked to her about how if you gave me ice cream and you just kept the ice cream coming... Uh, I could just keep eating that ice cream and the chocolate. Like I could eat a grab bag. Yeah, with lactose overdose. Um, yeah, I could. I could. You know, forever. Really, you know, I could just keep going forever. So, what flavour um, of grab bag would you be eating forever, Howard? Oh, like milk chocolate buttons is a, oh, yeah. is a good one. Yeah, chocolate buttons nice. is a really good one. Um, so, yeah, I I think uh, I've got a problem, obviously, which is why I think when I go to unhealthy food, I feel some sense of uh, immense guilt, uh, really, uh, which is is not uncommon. But but Ruby, you seem to have none of that, which is uh, it's quite amazing. You know what it is? I think this is one of those things where, passly speaking, whenever I have felt food guilt or shame, I kind of I have to try and stem it back to where is that coming from? Is that coming from personal is that coming from you know not to go way too deep but society's view on what you should look like and what you should be eating and how you should be eating I think it's really important to distinguish where that guilt is actually coming from um and for me I think once upon a time it did come from 
what society would dictate as this is what the ideal woman should look like or this is what you should be eating and when I wasn't kind of living up to what other people were doing or what other people were saying that you should be doing there was that guilt but then I also hate to feel obligated to work out like I work out for my own mental health like I work out because it really does there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today give me a sense of enjoyment I mean I probably wouldn't say that in the midst of like an f45 class where I'm like effing and blinding and I'm like sweating my head off but ultimately I love those endorphins that it gives me but I'm not working out because I feel obligated to because I'm like I've just eaten two cinnamon swells I need to work it off because I have been brought up with a really healthy relationship to and with food like coming from an Indian household like I grew up on a diet that was rich in, rich in vegetables because I think it's really easy to be vegetarian when you're when you're in um, when you're Indian um, because in like veg- vegetarian curries are phenomenal. But we also we celebrated food. A lot of the celebrations are around food, um, and so I think that's why I think it's so important these like in nowadays to involve kids in the kitchen, involve kids in food prep, involve kids in the kind of celebration of food from a, from an early age because. It's so important to instill a really healthy mindset for people at a young age, because otherwise, and it does come a bit later on down the line where you're just like, it probably does stem back to something that a parent said or Mm. something uh, someone's made a comment on or, oh, you're a little bit overweight or, you know, oh, you're looking a bit healthier these days. Like Mm. it normally comes back to something. So for me, it's about distinguishing, is it myself that's putting that pressure on me or is it some ideal in society from elsewhere yeah it, well, and, and it, that is the, the the truth behind a lot of this stuff dane right is that that we well yeah i was gonna you ask know, you we, how the guilt that you feel is that one that's based on just really maybe one of feeling gluttonous or is it because of self-image god i didn't realize i was going to go down this road but i should have like, thought about the question therapy more. Session here, aren't <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is what well, it's interesting because obviously food a lot of the time when we talk about the relationship with food i think you both raised really good points because ruby said it's good to have a relationship um uh, towards food as well as having a good relationship with food because a lot of the time when people are dealing with psychological issues they tend to especially guilt food is one of the ways they use to control it and there's a compulsion whereby people will try and fill a psychological or spiritual hole with physical or something like food so you hear women and the entire spectrum of body dysmorphia um that results in a lot of eating disorders because food is normally one of the only things people feel they can control and then that's how they end up developing this guilty relationship with food but alternatively i guess when you have the commodification of food where we're not eating just for the sake of you know collective well-being of a family and it's more about 
food being a cultural phenomenon, then there's obviously going to be some mind manipulation then where food is presented to you in a certain way. So you even see like the sexualization of food, like cherries always look like balls and the bananas like very phallic when you hmm. see it. Or like even when you watch, like Marks and Spencer's whole thing is basically food porn, isn't it? So yeah. because it displays this whole kind of decadence in you indulging your uh, palate, then that can be where the result on guilt comes from. In the same way that any time your carnality is sold to you, there's always these two parties where people are like, I know you want it. Come and get it, baby. It's just going <laughs> And after you do that, someone goes, have you been doing something dirty, you dirty person? Yeah. We can stop. We can wash that filth off of you. And so you have this kind of cycle where there's these two um, sides. Yeah, really trying to control you because, you know, the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. So mm. probably where a lot yeah. of the guilt can come from, possibly. But I think... Um, I'm definitely yeah. not the only person who suffers from this guilt, right? No, every, I, mean, I think yeah, no, every guilt in one form or another. Because, you know, that's, that's the thing with dessert and stuff as well, is that there's, it could even just be the nature of, like, sugar or anyway. It's, that it's Exactly. It's a stimulant. Yeah, it's a treat. And people, yeah. you know, and because it's a stimulant as well, obviously there's this increase in your uh, feeling of, like, well-being and stuff and serotonin releases. But obviously once that comes out your head, you're like, oh, man. I feel rubbish. I don't you feel good as that anymore. Yeah. Like, because I'm lactose intolerant, Howard. So mm. that guilt is normally around the fact that I can't have dairy, but I fucking love ice cream and I love mm. milkshakes. And, you know, every now and again, I'm like, should I? Can I? <laughs> yeah, I'll go to a restaurant and they'll go, and, and I'll look through the menu and I'm like, yes, all right. And they'll be like, hand spun milkshakes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> 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 no. But do you want it even more because you know you can't have it? Well, it's more the fact that I just don't want my bum to explode, Ruby. <laughs> and I feel very guilty about having to put anybody through that because if I do have any, like, you know, yeah. a regular, like, uh, what a normal date might be or a date night might be, even if it involves like someone being at home watching Netflix and having a pizza, I'm yeah. like, I can't do that because I'm going to be farting the whole time and that's disgusting. <laughs> so there's a guilt there yeah. as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's part of the guilt is that, yeah, I think most of the time is the fact that food, more than we like to acknowledge, speaks to another one of our kind of desires, especially, and I, so... The way I expect, for example, when you think about like, you know, the East and like Islamic states, obviously the, uh, Islam prohibits like, you know, imbibing yourself with alcohol and drugs. Mm-hmm. However, it still leaves the guilty pleasures of, you know, the most addictive things, which are sugar and caffeine. Mm-hmm. And so what you find in a lot of areas with a high uh, Muslim population is instead of having pubs and bars, you'll have a lot of like ice cream parlors and you have a yeah, lot of cake shops yeah. and so they can use sugar. So it's like, there's still going to be a lot of guilt there because you're supplementing one for the other. And I think anytime me personally, the main guilt I normally feel is that if I go to a nice restaurant in like London and then I come out and I see somebody like who's homeless then that's yeah. when I feel really guilty. So hmm. I understand how you feel. How, but for me, I guess my guilt stems from normally being able to eat more than my fair share or maybe taking more than my RDA, knowing that people are starving. So, mm. I think my guilt stems from the fact that the messaging I'm given uh, throughout my existence is to be healthy. Yeah. And basically, the things that aren't healthy are really fucking tasty uh, almost all of them, pretty yeah. much, apart from maybe just lard on bread. Um, probably, <laughs> yeah. which probably could be made. To be, yeah, like, exactly. Could be. Could be. Depends who you. Depends who you ask. Some people might be like, "Oh, lard fried. It's oh, oh, oh it's, <laughs> yeah, fried slice. Oh, fried slice in a fryer. Yeah, exactly. Good, in yeah. Dickensian times, like if you were in a Dickensian orphanage alongside Oliver Twist, and someone was like, "Right now, it's time for lard fried bread," everyone were like, oh, 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 "This orphanage, <laughs> interesting, baby." 
<laughs> but I think that there's <laughs> something to be said for the fact that 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 it's like you know like they're talking about how ki- a lot of younger generations are now not really drinking and they're kind of very very health conscious these yeah. younger generations and i think that's good in one level and in another level you should be fucking enjoying your life yeah uh, and so i feel like maybe as a kind of person in the kind of you know mi- um, becoming in the, into the middle age bracket that like you're starting to become like oh yeah maybe this is my version of that ruining my life not the, you know, I ate a, someone brought in like pastries to work for breakfast to a meeting I'd be like oh what are you fucking bringing those in for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to fucking eat those now and that's yeah. really really annoying <laughs> you make me do this that's yeah. you, know, you made this happen <laughs> uh, and I, I'd rather mm. not do you know what I mean Ruby that's but the kind of I, I suppose, like, mm. has that guilt increased like in your later years like, is it because information is so readily available now like there's so much information being bombarded at you constantly like I because obviously I follow a lot of food accounts on Instagram for instance my explore page is reams and reams and reams of like either there's no there's two there's no like middle ground it's either lots of sweet treats or then like nutritional values of food and like Mm. working out like I have got no middle ground on that and so it flips between oh yeah this is a really healthy meal and oh my god this looks bloody delicious but because there's also so much information that's readily available, I can Google stuff now. I can look on Instagram pages. People are talking about it. My, do- you know, doctors, there's nutritionists, there's dietitians. So much hammering you of information of what you should and shouldn't be doing. Has that guilt just increased, like as time Definitely. goes on? Because but even the then, day, but even then, David, I, I think that guilt probably has intensified due to the commodification yeah. of nutrition and like that's yeah. been a sell product because like. For years and years, I remember in school being told that like complex carbohydrates are a part of the, uh, the 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 main food groups, like you know whether it's like bread or starch and potatoes and stuff. Then Doctor Atkins comes along. Oh my god! And he's like, no carbs. And I'm like, no potato, even in Ireland, no way, buddy. <laughs> <coughs> and he died young for a nutritionist or for someone who's supposed to be involved in health. Because his arteries are clogged. Like I don't want to be bad, but he all he was doing was eating meat. Yes, exactly. So you'd have had a high amount of cholesterol and a hell of a lot of toxins. And that's the thing is that, you know, food has in itself become politics in terms of it it stratifies people. Like, for example, I noticed that working class people used to enjoy having like a Chinese, whereas middle class people have Vietnamese food. Mm. And, and, and so there's there's food can be definitely used as a divider. Like, you know, when the middle classes in England discovered hummus, they basically forced <laughs> themselves on it for so long they forgot that it's made by Muslims. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or even the fact that <coughs> veganism has been a part of Jainist or Hindu cuisine yeah. for years and years. Like if you go to any Hindu wedding, like the but when you get the meal at the actual ceremony, it's all vegan food. So Yeah. Well some of them don't even use garlic and onion. Well they yeah, exactly. They and and in some belief systems. I mean, you kind of honey because it's another species as well to create that. So yeah. I think there's a, a there is a politics to food, and every time you have a politics, Howard, there's always going to be some kind of manipulation that can happen. So I mean, I'd say, my personally, as long you should be able, to, if you get to eat every day, mm. the only thing thankful. you should do is to be very thankful. Yeah. And so for yeah. me, like the only guilt is that is if I uh, waste food, it's probably the biggest guilt that you should feel. 
And okay, while I while I run off to Krispy Kremes to load up, I'm going to hand it over. I mean, to a, Dane. yeah, a donut with icing on it. Yeah, I did. Oh. To be fair, I felt bad about that because I was like, you're sitting at a desk for like six hours. You can't be eating a fucking jam donut with icing <laughs> yeah. on it. Yeah. You won't be able to move. But you know, can you put yeah. some peanut butter in this donut for me it's with a not syringe so it goes right yeah. in the middle? Mainline that shit, baby. Uh, I feel yeah. a little bit better about sharing my food guilt. No, yeah, uh, you know it's healthy to do this. And um, Dane, it's time for the final question of what has been a lovely, lovely episode of the show. Absolutely. Um, well, we've covered both food and existentialism in this episode, and I also liked the question from Suff from Preston as well, which was great. Um, which we all answered very well, which has definitely influenced the question I wanted to ask Ruby. Um, so, you'd—I think you said you'd prefer to know about your past as well, right? Um, I prefer to know about my past, yeah, for sure. Cool. But then I guess my question is overall to both of you: Is do you think if people knew the exact day, time, and place they were going to die, and how mm. this would? influence human behavior uh would it be a benefit or a detriment to a human society well i think i'd make good use of my time on earth if i knew when it was gonna end i'm sorry to tell you how the reason i say this is because that's the one unifying truth one of the only unifying truths of all human beings Mm -hmm. is one way one day we're all gonna die but you could argue that the way a lot of us live our lives we don't really live knowing that we're going to die one day and we won't be here. So if we knew exactly the day, time, manner, and place, we were going to die. Honestly, Dane, my anxiety would be on crack. I'll be honest. <laughs> if, I, if I knew if I knew the day, time, if I knew the specifics, oh, I just wouldn't be able to cope. I'd be sitting there every day like, I, part of me would be like, no, Ribs, you'd be like, oh, seize a moment and, you, you know, go and do X, Y, and Z, and I'll go and do my bucket list. The other half of me would be like, no, Ruth, you'd be sitting in the room just thinking, fuck, I've got like 6,055 days. What am I doing? What am I doing? It's like, you know, you know, if you struggle with sleep, which I sometimes do, and you're, and you're sitting there looking at the alarm clock, you're like, if I sleep now, I'll have four hours and 39 minutes to go uh, to yeah. sleep. And then like, it doesn't and happen. something happens and you go, fuck, I just lost yeah. two minutes. This fucking <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, for fuck's sake, those two minutes, I'm going to be so tired in the morning. I feel like for me, that would be the case. But then also, like, say if people knew the day they were going to die, would that be, would people be more reckless? Well, this is my, it's my thing, because I think isn't this, this is one of the things that separates us from animals, I guess, is that animals are largely guided a lot more by their instinct and almost in a way mm. they just do what needs to be done before they're going to die. And yeah. you never really hear dogs being like, no, it's not my time. I deserve better. Like we're the only ones who are kind of like, it's not fair. Like yeah. the animals don't really seem to bemoan. I'm I'm really up for knowing when I'm going to die. And I'll book it in now if, if, there, was a, if there was a way. Because well, based on your Krispy Kreme intake, Howard. <laughs> what is this what I mean? Like, Carry I, the one I, donut. <laughs> I just think... You know, and listen, my wife listens to Tara, who's been on the show. Uh, but, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I, there's a reason she's been on the show. Not just because she's my wife, Ruby. She's a businesswoman. And uh, she, gives you free, uh, she gives you free Nazi goreng as well. So exactly. she deserves to be on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but, like, you know, I like to be a bit organised. Like, I find time... You are you know, not organising your death right now. I mean... No, but I'd love to just be like, okay, so I've got, you know, let's say I've got 28 years left. 
I can, that's a long time, Ruby. The uncertainty would be gone. I'd be able to fill it all up. I'd make sure I do the trip across America that I haven't done. Yeah, you know, I definitely fit in the donuts. And I mean, <laughs> life's more to me than just donuts. Would that I guilt stress. go then? Would that food guilt no, go? No, that guilt would fucking disappear. <laughs> well, then how? But see, that's that's the existential question: is that you, even though you don't know the date and the time, you know it's going to happen anyway. So what's the, what's the hesitation in terms of your guilt for food and what, all of your indulgences? Well, as long as nothing I did massively affected the the date that's coming up, I'd be delighted just to be like, right, great, 10 more years and then this is over. (laughs) But I do enjoy my life. And, you know, I'd be sad, Dane, to say goodbye. You know, it'd be sad, but at least I'd have a definite, rather than the uncertainty. Say your goodbyes as well, right? I guess that's for a lot of people when it comes to, you know, death and, and the circumstances around it. A lot of the reason why people really struggle with grieving is because of that lack of closure. So I guess in one one part of what you're saying would be kinder to your family and to your loved ones around you because uh, mate, it, honestly, I, I think of, do, of do, life. Do you think, and also just to extend the question, hmm. like is if you knew the date, time, and place, would you tell it to people that are close to you? Do you think it'd be a part of normal human etiquette? Like you meet somebody for a date and you're like, so I'm a Gemini and my death date yeah. is why 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 is one less important than the other is wow you know because we don't know one is the reason <laughs> yeah so if you knew yeah, if yeah. you knew both it'd be it'd say, mm. i wonder if the dynamic could change i just think back to like times of uncertainty in my life that i really hated the two examples i can think of were going on a date and not being sure whether the person was going to respond and going on a, a job interview and not being sure if i'd got the job uh, and I think in both of the both of those cases, it drove me mad not knowing the answer. And now, if you gave me like you know, you said okay, so twenty fifty two, ten a.m. Uh, in this hospital, I'd be like, fine, let's go. Oh, 30, thirty one years left, let's go. It would drive Stra- me mad, I think, because you know, right? <laughs> I'd like, I'd like to say today, I'm just in the kitchen, or say tomorrow, I'm like, you know what, I just want to have a bit of a chill day. I would then be sitting there having a chill day, like watching, binging Netflix. I'm like, Rudy should be doing more. Like, you know, you've only got X amount of time left. You should be doing more. Whereas like, if I step out tomorrow, God forbid, get hit by a bus, I'm like, well, you know what? It happened. I just like, (laughs) I think for me mentally, the not knowing would be healthier for my existence because I would then be like hammering down those cinnamon swirls. I probably would have eaten the whole bunch, not just two earlier for lunch. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. I would be so reckless and I'd be so gluttonous and I'd be so, um, I'd live life without care in the world, which yeah, sounds good, but probably not so much for people around me. I don't think. Yeah. Well, maybe everyone, but maybe I guess if everyone has the same knowledge that you do. Then anarchy. I guess, yeah. anarchy. Well, would it be anarchy or would it be, you know, like, you know what? Well, you know what? I just want to maybe on someone's like bucket list. They're like, I want to go and rob a store. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do it on the day before I die because who cares? Yeah, but you could pull up in there and be like, put the money in the bag, and they'd be like, I'm give fuck. I'm due to die in two weeks anyway. Yeah, I'm going to die in thirty seconds. So there you, you know go. Would, would it necessarily be anarchy? Because then you could argue, as I said, because on the basis that death is a truth that is going, that is is yeah. something that's true to all human beings. You could also argue that some of the world's ills or more. Uh, instances of anarchy and unrest are based on the fact that people are doing crazy stuff to prolong their lives because they don't know. Fair. Um, but no, I, I think it's good as well as that it is, you know, it could be anarchy, but then, cause you know, you said if I sit, if I know I'm going to die or the day I'm going to die, sitting down and just relaxing would be terrible. But if I got hit by a bus, but I'm like, 
if you if you if you enjoyed the time when you sat down, is it necessarily a bad thing or a waste of time? I just like there's so like my bucket list is like stupidly long. Like maybe I could I should have done you know. But, but then what, do you have to? I guess you have to work out what the objective of a bucket list is because on the one hand, climbing Mount Everest might be another thing, but on the other hand, sitting on a sofa with your with a person you love, it may not be as big as a bucket, but you probably remember that more than you you know or like you said or eating a meal with your mum that will probably yeah. conjure a lot more sensations than climbing a mountain so <clears throat> Very it's, good what, it's what people value I guess Which I think it'd be interesting if if you got a birth and a death certificate I just think that would be really interesting to see how human behaviour would change as a result because remember if you could remember if you know the day someone's going to die or the day, you, the day you're going to die and you and you're, you go on a date and someone you like where's this going? That person like I'm not really sure. You'd be like, well, I've only got twenty four and a half years. Yeah, people probably waste a lot less time. Yeah, because normally, because a lot of the time when it comes to like people that receive terminal diagnoses, those are normally the people that are like, I got to live my life to the fullest because I don't know if I've got a year or six months. Yeah, I just think it'd be interesting if we all had that same um, more awareness of our mortality. Would you want to know the death date? Um, I'm not sure. I just uh, it would be great for you to be able to plan your last tour, though, wouldn't it? It would be really yeah. the, the you know you can find, you, I guess what I try and do the last tour, yeah, last that tour you do is, as a comedian. It's like you know, but what if it's big, what if it's shit? I mean, that would you definitely be a sellout, it. wouldn't it? It'd definitely be a sellout. It'd definitely be a sellout. But I guess I try to live my life anyway with the awareness that I am going to die as it is. So yeah. I've already rationalised that could be tomorrow, or that could be in ten years' time or twenty years' time. So I think. The way to address that is instead of, so I know I'm going to die, um, but death, you know, but depending on what you believe, what does death necessarily mean? So, you know, your death, the death is the guarantee. That's my point. So that's like the base. So yeah. it doesn't really matter because I know that's definitely happened. So I guess what I try and do essentially is work out how I live because I know I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. So it's like, for me, a, a large part of my drive to do comedy was to be like, well, you're not going to live forever. And at least if you're doing something you want with your life, then you can at least face death with a bit more courage. Yeah. Fair. That's quite nice. So that was kind of my thing anyway, was that like, it's like at least you can deal with how you've lived, which will make dying a lot easier. Is is part of leaving a legacy important to you? Uh, Yeah. Because I think that's the thing is death isn't the end, is it? You, You live as long as the people that remember you. So for me, there's a uh, lyric from a song that I think it was Macklemore, and he mm-hmm. said, um, "You die twice. Uh-huh. The first time was obviously when you die, but the second time is the last time someone says your name, which yeah. for me is is was profound. I was one day just on a run, I listened to this tune, I was like, yeah, Macklemore, I love it, you know, and then really decided I don't normally listen to lyrics, and that one really got me because so I was like, that's huge because I guess I never thought of it in that sort of way, and it is. Yeah. For some people, it is obviously really important to leave a legacy. But it's just, I think, obviously, when you were talking about being grateful to, to do something that you love with your life, but also it's a, it's a lot more than that. Like the stuff that you do on Instagram, the videos that you leave, the stuff you do on YouTube, and you're going to be providing happiness and joy even you when go. you're not here, which yeah, I it's think a body, is amazing. It's a body of work. But then at the same time, what you're also doing is you have to remember what, because it's interesting what Macklemore says in terms of like the last time someone says your name, but it's it's, it's like... Who are, who are you, though? Because even Ruby Bogle is the culmination of all of your ancestors that have gone before you down yeah. to every single acid base within your DNA strand. So by the same token, as well as like 
your name, but your name isn't just your name because your name also evokes every single person that's gone before you to make you who you are. Even if you don't know who they are, there is one element of your being. It could be just the tonation in which you laugh, which is a part of your genetic blueprint that comes from your family. So even when you're doing something now, like you said, the joy you're doing now, just doing something that makes yourself happy could just be, uh, I guess, internally resolving a trauma from one of your ancestors from years and years and years and generations ago. And that's mm. the thing, I think, I guess for me, it's about not trying to compartmentalize my own life experience because my life experience is a brick in a wall as a part of somebody else's in that someone died or maybe suffered for me to be here or someone yeah. conceptualized the idea of my freedom and they died and sacrificed themselves as a result. So my experience isn't just my experience, which is why my death isn't just my death alone. It's like, That's why I guess the whole human endeavor is how you imprint on other people anyway. Not just in terms of them saying how people say your names. It's like, you know, 90% of our communication is nonverbal anyway. So it could actually be something you made that someone gets to look at. So, yeah. Well, what what, uh, a question to end this show after I just said I really really feel guilty about eating all the cookies. Uh, (laughs) Dane just took it to a a very, very lovely level. And ended up with death. That was a real, like... Yeah, wasn't it? That's the magic of the show, Ruby. We we <laughs> we, we, we we're up, we're up and down. And this, we're all over well, the obviously place. they're linked because they bring you your last meal before you die, and knowing full well you're not really going to fully digest it. They don't bring you your last lover or your last ex before you go. So obviously humanity understands the significance <laughs> of food, and yeah. It's been a great show, right, Dave? Oh, it's yeah. been so good. It's Literal been, food and food for thought all served up by our lovely guest, Ruby Bogle. Please, can you tell our listeners where they can find out more about your great works? Oh, you guys can follow some of my delicious treats that I knock up on Instagram, at Ruby Bogle. There's lots of stuff on there. I am also um, doing a lot of vegan stuff at the moment, which I absolutely love. Not for a health reason, but I think in a, ter- in a way for challenging myself. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. I'm also working on a book at the moment and launching some vegan cookies pretty soon. So Dane, I'll have to bring you a box when, um, you will actually have to for the sake of our our friendship, you'll, you'll have to. And if you (laughs) have any, any vegan milk, he's fine with his donuts. And if you have (laughs) any vegan based milkshakes, both you, Ruby and listeners, I am all ears (laughs) and, and mouths. It's a regular, <laughs> regular request that's gone out there again. Help Dane, he can't have dairy, everyone. And also, and also pay attention to Ruby too. That's that's more important. Once that's done, um, Dane's milkshakes, please. Thanks. Mostly important than milkshakes. But also you can catch Dane and I on the session show as well. That's also another great source of our entertainment, I guess. I'm also Dane doing the entertainment and me just doing some fumbling through some sort of No, cooking. no, Ruby. All it is is that you serve up amazing food and I just serve up food for thought, okay? It is a harmonious relationship until we get our own show, wink, wink. That's it, which we're right. still working on. <laughs> we're still working on, but you know, it has to begin somewhere. Start somewhere. Well, it starts off with the ingredients and what there we have are two great hosts and then we'll take it from there. <laughs> Watch this space, listeners. There you go. <laughs> Thanks again, Ruby. No, thank you so much. It's been um, an insightful afternoon. Lovely. Well, thank you very much. And uh, um, we'll let you get back to your cinnamon rolls. Thanks. You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste. For more from Dane, go to danebaptiste.co.uk or follow him on Twitter at Dane Baptiste or Instagram 
at Danesnaptiste. Our guest was Ruby Bogle. You can follow Ruby on Twitter at RubyBogle underscore or on Instagram at RubyBogle. The show is produced by me, Howard Cohen. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Howard Cohen. The show is mixed and mastered by Audio Culture. You can follow Audio Culture on Instagram at WeAreAudioCulture. Please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at DBQE Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.